Nothing But The Word, episode number 131. Lean into your strengths to write a better book. What if it's possible to finally write the book that's been on your mind for months or even years? Welcome to Nothing But The Words, the podcast that gives you tips, insights, and practical advice to write a transformative book in spite of all your doubts and fears. Writing a successful book isn't just for the lucky few. You can do it, too, with the right coach on your side. Now, here's your host, your book coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your book coach, Candace L. Davis. I hope your week and your writing are both going really, really well. If you're watching on YouTube, you can probably tell I'm not in my normal home office setting where I typically record the podcast. Instead, I am in a lovely Airbnb in New Orleans. You can't see how great it really is. I'm in a kind of a boring corner, but it's actually a great spot. So let's dive in. In this episode, I want to talk to you about a potentially controversial subject. Lots of experts in my industry disagree with me on some of these points. That's fine. We can all agree to disagree. And I'll also tell you a little bit about my 30-day private book coaching program, which can help you with this somewhat controversial subject um, and with anything else you need as you're writing your book. And while some people will disagree with me, this is my personal belief and it's fundamental to how I coach my clients to write their books and it's what I want for you as well. I was involved in writing and publishing books for about a decade before Amazon lowered the bar to entry by making self-publishing incredibly accessible and incredibly easy for those of us who live in the U.S. and um, in countries with similar cultures and similar uh, economic situations. You can write a manuscript today. Use one of Amazon's free cover templates. I don't love them. They're not great, <laughs> but they work. And have a book published tomorrow. Not just your ebook. Well, you have the ebook published tomorrow and you can have your proof copy on your way to your house for your paperback version of your book. Like most advancements in technology, however, the advancements in self publishing come with pros and cons. The biggest advantage is that publishing a book is no longer an option available only to an elite, and air quotes, group of authors handpicked by traditional publishers. I read a report recently that said between 1950 and 2018, 95% of American fiction books were published published by traditional publishers were written by white authors. 95%. I have to confess that it's both infuriating and depressing all at once. And you better believe that the best deals in that 95% went to white men. The truth is that traditional publishing still in 2023, is not very diverse. It's gotten better, but it's not very diverse. The open door of self-publishing or independent publishing solves that problem for many people. Does it create fairness and equity? No, there are still some advantages to traditional publishing, but it allows you to get your books to the marketplace if you really want to. It's still an advantage, though, to have the platform and or the connections that make it easier to get a traditional book deal. That's not gone away. That hasn't changed at all. And it's still an advantage to have available funds. If you're self-publishing, you're paying for every part of the process. Hopefully you're getting some help with your manuscript as you're writing it, coaching or workshop or community college class, whatever you need to strengthen your writing. 
book design, editing, promotion. You want to budget for all of those things, right? So having more money does make it easier, more money available for this project. But the truth is, it doesn't require much money. In fact, you can do it without spending any money if you really wanted to. Anyone with a smartphone or laptop and Wi-Fi access can publish a book, at least in the U.S. and similar nations. But here's the downside to that. There is a downside. Every year, thousands of really bad books are published. And this is where some of my colleagues would disagree with me. They would say, hey, you know, bad books are relative. It is relative. But there are some books that I'm going to plant my flag here and say, relative or not, these books, they're bad, (laughs) y'all. Now, hear, hear me out. Some of these bad books are really just scams. They are created, I can't even say written, by people who steal other authors' content from the internet, from blog posts, from social media posts, pull it all together, slap a cover on it, and call it a book. They may get caught. Amazon will often catch them for using copyrighted material, right? But they don't care. They just want the quick book, the quick buck. And often they will sell just the ebook. They don't even waste their time creating a paperback or hardback version of their book, much less an audiobook. Those are, I think we can all agree when you're stealing people's work, that's a bad book. That's not the only kind of bad book out there, though. There are other books that are written by people who are really just in it for a quick buck. So they will hire some underpaid worker, typically overseas, to ghostwrite what they're calling a book. They'll pay them 50 bucks, 100 bucks, not much money at all. And a lot of times they will try to make the book look more legitimate by mimicking the cover, the style, the title, and even the name of the author from a successful book, one that you kind of recognize. And they will try to align their book with that one to make you think, oh, yes, it it must be legitimate. Those are just bad books, (laughs) y'all. I don't even know if they qualify as books. But you are not those people, and those are not the kinds of books that you are writing. I don't spend much time thinking about those books or the people who are creating it. It's outside of my control. I am much more concerned with people like you who really want to write and publish a book that has a positive impact and makes a positive difference for their readers and for the world. If you desire to educate, enlighten, inform, or even entertain, and I do think we need to value the books that entertain as much as any of the other books, your readers, I want to encourage you to raise your standards for your book. And I want to show you how you can do that without a lot of stress. Now, if you have a perfectionist streak, and I'm tapping into that right now, take a breath. This is not about perfection. Your book will never be perfect. Your book does not need to be perfect. Books can't be perfect because number one, their value is subjective, right? The book that I love, you may scoff at and vice versa. And number two, anything created by imperfect humans will reflect its creators. (laughs) We're imperfect. We're imperfect. And so what we create is also imperfect. Your book will never be perfect but it can be great. It can be excellent. It can be the perfect book for you to publish at this moment in time. The way you get it to that level is to raise your own standard. And you do that by leaning into your strengths. Well, one way to do that. And the most efficient way I find to do that is by leaning into your strengths. The world does not need more books that are published just for the sake 
of us having more books. We need more books written by authors like you who care about the quality of what they publish and the impact their book makes. I cannot imagine you would spend your time listening to this podcast if you didn't. So listen, the best way to stand out in a sea of books, hundreds published every day, that's only getting more crowded, especially with AI-powered writing tools and books written by people who couldn't care less about quality or copyright laws, flooding the market is to write something that surprises even you with how good it is. That might sound intimidating or scary, but remember, this is not about perfection. Look at the elements of a great book. You could actually sit down and write down what are the elements that of the books that you love. I'm guessing you're a reader. What do you love? Do you love great storytelling? Do you love beautiful sentences? Do you love metaphor or processes? What do you love? Do you like the organization of a book? Write out those elements and decide where your strengths lie so you can make those areas really, really shine. If you're an engaging storyteller, lean into that skill. Tell more stories in your book. If you're great at capturing dialogue or setting the scene in a way that makes the reader feel like, oh, they were right there with you, do more of those things. Your gift for teaching a process step-by-step so anyone can get it. Your love of language and ability to write just a gorgeous sentence. Your unmatched organizational skills, your analytical skills, your sharp memory of events that other people often forget. (laughs) Your poetic way of speaking and writing, your facility with metaphor and simile, your eye for detail, your ability to persuade people. You do not need to master all of these skills. You can improve any of them, and maybe you want to, but no one is a master of all of them, and you don't have to be to write a great book. You already have strengths you can lead with in your writing. If you're not sure what those are, which of the ones we talked about might be your strengths, which of the strengths that you admire in books might be your particular strengths, ask someone close to you, someone who knows how you think, someone who is familiar with your writing, or go back and look at maybe if you got compliments on your writing in school. A lot of people didn't because our our teachers focus a lot more on what we were doing wrong. But if you got compliments on Pull out some old papers if you kept them, if you're a pack rat like me, then pull out some old papers and see what kind of comments your teachers made. What did they admire in your writing? What did they encourage you to do more of? Now, you can find these strengths on your own, but if you would love to work with a professional who can identify those strengths with you and really help you use them to write a world-class book, I currently have slots open in my 30-day book coaching program. This is private one-to-one coaching, which is why it's 30 days, where you have me in your corner to help you really get momentum on your book. It's really special because it allows you to reach out to me every day over those 30 days or six weeks of business days is what it actually is. And we can plan your book together. We can brainstorm ideas. We can talk through the content you want to include and maybe what you want to leave out. You can ask any writing or publishing questions you might have. And if you ever get stuck or feel like you're dealing with a writer's block, I'm right there to help you. Find out more about my 30-day private book coaching program at candiceldavis.com slash 30 days, 
or the link in the show notes on your podcast player or on YouTube if you're watching the video. It's CandiceLDavis.com slash 30 days. I would love to help you write the best book you possibly can write by tapping into your unique strengths. It's super fun to do that instead of struggling to try to shore up every weakness. Tap into your strengths, friend. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your book coach, Candace L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.